0: It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! It is the Fantasy Feast Eaten Podcast presented by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Five teams, seven years, lots of podcasts. Today's episode of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast with John Runyon, who's in charge of all of the discipline for taunting and illegal hits. That was awesome. Highly encourage you checking that out. Tomorrow, we'll have Greg Cosell. Yesterday, we had Steve Fezzik on the Even Money Podcast, who always makes a bunch of interesting observations, including taking the under in a couple games that you're going to want to check out on the Even Money Podcast. Hit me up on social, always. Love those of you that quote, tweet, or share, or whatever, at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. He's Joe Dolan, at FG underscore Dolan, the fantasy gangster from fantasypoints.com. Use the code 21FEAST and use his brain, his big dome, his knowledge to know what to do, including, Joe, whether or not we should have a single solitary soul <laughs> from the Bears and the Lions in our lineup. Uh,
1: Well, DeAndre Swift should be in your lineup, Ross. Uh, I was challenged last week. I said, could Tim Boyle possibly be worse than Jared Goff was playing? Yes, that is the answer. Tim Boyle could be worse than Jared Goff was playing. Um, Per Pro Football Focus, and, uh, and my guy Ian Hartitz came up with, uh pulled this. He was averaging, like, the lowest depth of target on his throws, but still was – was making the most turnover-worthy plays. So not only was Tim Boyle throwing the ball short, but he was throwing it inaccurately. So it looks like Jared Goff's going to go, which is, I guess, good news for the Lions offense. I mean, but you saw, you just saw the last time he was out there, uh, TJ Hawkinson didn't catch a pass in 70 minutes of action. So there's really not a whole lot to trust with the Lions passing game. But Jamal Williams has kind of disappeared in this offense, and it has been all DeAndre Swift, who is no longer on the injury Anybody for the Bears? So the Bears, um, Andy Dalton, I, I mean, I, you and I have discussed Justin Fields on this podcast. And once again, I started him, Ross, and I have started him twice in my uh, long-term 14-team keeper league with my college buddies. And um, over those two starts for Justin Fields, I've gotten a total of negative points. Um Look, he completed four passes in that game. He was not very good. The offense is not very good. You got people, you got Bears fans chanting and booing Matt Nagy's kid at his at his high school playoff game. I mean, it's it's just ugly there. I gotta be honest though, I think Andy Dalton gives the passing game a better chance to produce at this point. Um but the, the the problem is it doesn't look like he's going to have Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson said he's working to get back, but he hasn't practiced yet this week. Um, Darnell Mooney's been kind of the guy who even Fields was gravitating towards. Uh, Jimmy Graham has more targets than Cole Komet last week. I don't know how that happens. But this entire franchise is a mess. The one guy I feel really good about, in a matchup where the Bears are actually favored, God willing. I mean, they're favored. David Montgomery played more snaps than any running back last week, 95% of the snap share. He is an RB1 in a matchup with the Detroit Lions. I presume, Ross, you will be cracking your first daddy soda before this game.
0: No, I will not because I will be in Dallas where the Raiders Ah! play the Cowboys. I will be calling that game for Westwood 1 in Dallas. So I need your insight. Raiders offense has been very sluggish recently, mm. and the Cowboys look like they're going to have some dudes out, that, so people need to know what to do.
1: Yeah, so let's start with the Cowboys offense. Um, as of now, uh, Stephen Jones was expected, uh, um, expressing some optimism that Ceedee Lamb would be able to play. Um, I, I don't have a database on this, but I can't imagine the guys who have cleared the concussion protocol in four days is very long. Um, I, I I don't know if he has a documented concussion, but just keep an eye on that because let's, let's work under the assumption that the Cowboys top three receivers in this game are going to be, uh, Michael Gallup, Noah Brown and Cedric Wilson in the slot. And the Raiders have some good corners. Casey Hayward on the perimeter. The Raiders have selectively shadowed with Casey Hayward this year. I don't know if they choose to do that with Gallup, if Cooper, Cooper's out, by the way. He can't play because he's unvaccinated. Um, if uh, Lamb doesn't play, um, I don't know if they'll, they'll choose to do that with Gallup, but he's definitely the biggest threat on the perimeter. Nate Hobbs is one of the most underrated slot corners in the NFL. He's one of the pro football Focus's top 10 corners. So that's a tough matchup for Cedric Wilson. We've seen Dak Prescott coming out of the bye. The Cowboys have played four games. Prescott missed one of them, was great in one of them, and had stinkers in two of them. And I think one of the things that would really help him, though his career splits aren't awful when Tyron Smith is off the field – they have been a lot worse this year. Tyron Smith's practicing in full. It looks like he's going to be able to play. That should help Dak Prescott against this uh, a very good Oakland edge duo of Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, excuse me, Vegas edge duo, not Oakland. Um, but uh, Ezekiel Elliott's dinged up. He's dealing with a knee. He had the ankle that that hurt him in that game uh, last week against the Chiefs. I wouldn't be surprised if Tony Pollard returned some decent flex value, especially for those of you playing Thanksgiving Day slates. I think Tony Pollard's going to get the ball a little bit more than you might be might be thinking. Dalton Schultz as well is is a good play in this one.
0: Dalton Schultz, is, it seems like that's who Dak wants to go to with these receivers oh, out, with Cooper sure. and, uh, and Lamb out. Let's get to, uh, so interesting, um, what about the Raiders on the other side?
1: Yeah, so the Raiders offense has been just... I mean, it's been so hard to trust right now. Um, Darren Waller, I don't know how you play a receiver here outside of Darren Waller or Hunter Renfro. Um, And even Renfro was a disappointment last week. But finally, Darren Waller's led the Raiders in receiving the last two weeks. He hadn't done it since week one. Darren Waller's going to get the ball here. Um, uh, Brian Edwards has been shut out in two of his last three games. Deshaun Jackson, who left the Rams so he could have a bigger role with the Raiders, has one catch in two games, and he fumbled on it. So, I, I mean, that this thing is just not going well for the Raiders. Um, but here's the deal. This is from our guy Graham Barfield, who we've had on the podcast. The Raiders have put in, on their three games after the bye, they've scored just 16, 14, and 13 points. But here's the thing. They're actually moving the ball. They're gaining 7.9 yards per play on early down non-red zone plays. That's number one in the NFL. The problem is they've scored a touchdown on just three of their last 10 red zone possessions over the last three weeks. So the Raiders are getting to the red zone. They're just not scoring. Dallas's red zone defense has not been great. Wouldn't be surprised to see Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller get in the box in this game.
0: Ooh, okay. Very nice. Let's get to the nightcap. It's the Bills at the Saints. Speaking of struggling offenses.
1: Yeah, so... There has been a lot written in the last number of weeks. Um, and when, when a team like the Super Bowl contending Bills is um, struggling like this, a lot of people are going to try to de- decide what's wrong with them. Number one, this is from Aaron Schatz of Football Outsiders. Um, and Ross, of course, you've heard of Football Outsiders DVOA, which is just yeah, kind yeah. of a catch-all metric. According to Aaron Schatz. The Bills are the single most inconsistent team in the entire DVOA era. So they're 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 either blowing teams off the field or they're playing down to their competition and getting beat by inferior teams, which is which is what's happened a couple of times here. Uh, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, Indianapolis just ran the ball down their throats. Shield Capadia, who writes for the Athletic, who for my money, pound for pound, is the best national football writer, dug into the numbers and he said, you know they're really not playing that much differently than they were last year. It's just they're turning the ball over a little more and they're committing a ton of penalties. The offensive line has had some issues. Spencer Brown's been on the COVID list. John Feliciano with the calf is on IR. I think when Spencer Brown comes back, if, if he's able to play this week, that would be a huge boon for the Buffalo offense. And then also there's the, the, the old basic, um, the old basic uh, adage. That Brandon Staley came up with earlier this year. The Bills have been unable to punch teams in the mouth with the run game. And they had a quote this week from Stefan Diggs who has said, Matt Breida, destiny is all. He has added some spice to this offense. That was the quote from Stefan Diggs, Spice. I think they're going to use Matt Breida a little bit more to try to get that run game going. This is the pass-heaviest team in the NFL. It was the pass-heaviest team in the NFL last year, but the run game is just not working. Josh Allen's throwing a few more picks. He's been a little more inaccurate than last year. And with that pass-heavy tendency, it's kind of resulted in the inconsistencies that Aaron Schatz has pointed out. I think, though, against a reeling Saints team, I think this is a huge bounce-back spot for Josh Allen. I think it is a huge spot, not not that he needs to bounce back because he's been producing, a huge spot for Stefan Diggs to make a play. I love those two guys. If I'm building a DFS lineup, I'm probably building it around those two on the Thanksgiving Day slate.
0: What about now the Saints, who now lose Adam Troutman, who had been like their go-to Best guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> and even Landon Young, the left tackle?
1: Yeah, so their offensive line is banged up it doesn't look like Alvin Kamara is going to play we're talking here Wednesday it's 11 o'clock in the morning haven't seen practice reports for today Ross Mark Ingram didn't practice on Tuesday he's got a knee injury so I don't know if the Saints are like okay you're a vet you've got to rest because we're not going to have Kamara or is Mark Ingram actually hurt and in danger of missing this game if Mark Ingram can't go, Tony Jones, who was just elevated off of IR, is going to be the running back for this team. They are so banged up. I mean, apocalyptically banged up. Adam Troutman was their go-to receiver. I picked him up in a couple leagues, and I'm like, finally, I've got a tight end I can trust to get four or five targets a week. That's all I wanted. He goes down. So what are they going to do at tight end? Jawan Johnson, the former wide receiver, college wide receiver at Penn State and Oregon, he flashed in the preseason – but I don't think they trust his blocking. He's been kind of a healthy scratch. They might have no choice but to elevate him to try to be a go-to guy for Trevor Simeon. Um, I would think at some point, given the state of this receiving core, going back to Taysom Hill is inevitable, but the guy who's been leading this team in routes run in the last couple of weeks, has been Traquan Smith, who certainly is going to be popular on Thanksgiving Day slates. But I think the Saints are in a world of hurt right now. The Eagles punched them in the mouth last week. Um, The Bills are pissed off. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Bills boat race this one.
0: You know what else is popular? Getting what you want when you want it. And you get that from AutoZone. If you want what you need ASAP, you can order online and pick it up fast with their free same-day store pickup. No waiting in lines or shopping to the store. If you're more of a I don't feel like going anywhere person, you can order what you need on AutoZone.com and get free next day delivery, which is awesome. You can even order as late as 10 p.m. and your package will arrive the next day right on time. Every car is different. That means every car job is too. And that's why AutoZone offers you more ways to shop your way. Oh, and they got 6,000 stores. So Help is at a moment's notice. Next time you're starting a job, start up by shopping your way at AutoZone.com with their free same-day pickup and free next-day delivery. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Who's getting in the zone, Joe, for the Bucks and the Colts? Actually, I know who probably will, and that is <laughs> Jonathan Taylor because he had the DraftKings performance of the week. Of the century. Presented by Bacardi spice drum. How about these numbers? 32 carries, 185 yards, four touchdowns, three receptions, 19 yards, one touchdown. On three targets, by the way, 56.4 total fantasy points. He was $8,300 over at DraftKings. And uh, he has provided a lot of spice to that Colts offense. He is the Bacardi Spiced Rum Performance of the Week. Will he do it again, though? against the Bucks, Joe all
1: right so I'm gonna have you Ross I'm gonna do a little bit of a, a a little bit of a guessing game here for you the Colts have won five of their last six games here are Carson Wentz's drop uh pass attempts in those games 20 26 51 30 34 20 can you pick which which of those games the Colts lost
0: uh, Yeah, the ones where he threw the ball a lot.
1: Yeah, 51. That's the loss. Uh, The, the Colts have decided what the – us fantasy guys, Ross, we knew it all along. You don't need to work in Marlon Mack, Frank Reich. You don't need to go into halftime with Jonathan Taylor having four carries and Marlon Mack having five. Give the ball to Jonathan Taylor. Limit Carson Wentz's dropbacks. Limit Carson Wentz's ability to make those boneheaded plays. Limit Carson Wentz's ability to get hurt. And you're going to win football games. And that's what they're doing right now. Um, The question is, of course, not that you're sitting Jonathan Taylor. The Buccaneers have been the worst matchup this year for running backs, Uh, um, at least on the ground. Uh, They do give up catches to the position. But at least on the ground, they've been a bad matchup for running backs. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Colts dial up some screens for Jonathan Taylor in this game. But the Colts right now are a three-man fantasy team, as easy as it gets. You can play Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, you have to play him. Michael Pittman's a wide receiver two, wide receiver three. I think they're going to need to re- rely on Michael Pittman more this week than they did last um, against the Bucs, who are an easier matchup through the air than the Bills are. Um, and you can play Carson Wentz in a good matchup. Um he really hasn't been a fantasy option the last two weeks after throwing multiple touchdowns in six consecutive games. I think Wentz is on the kind of fringy QB2 radar this week. They're a three-man team, but obviously Jonathan Taylor is your go-to guy. And for the Bucks And the Bucs, uh, we'll see if Antonio Brown can get back soon. There seems to be a, little, a level of optimism that that will happen soon. But uh, Chris Godwin has been worth five more fantasy points per game in games in which Antonio Brown doesn't play. So keep an eye on that because um, if, if Antonio Brown plays, Chris Godwin is probably going to lose some targets. Um, uh, but the the takeaway for me for Tampa Bay is, even though Ronald Jones somehow got involved again last week, why? I don't get it. Uh, but Leonard Fournette is their bell cow. He plays on on basically all passing down situations that aren't hurry-up. Um And So Leonard Fournette is is the bell cow. Tom Brady bounced back as we all thought he would. Um, Rob Gronkowski's back, so Brady's throwing him the ball. I think Tampa Bay is going to win this game. Um, I think Tampa Bay is going to take it to the Colts. I I just think there's too much to defend, and I think the Colts are going to struggle to defend the pass here in this game against Tampa Bay.
0: Let's keep it moving, Joe, and get to the Jets and the Texans. Jets have a couple good young rookies, except one won't play now.
1: Yeah, that's Michael Carter. Um, I did, I did a little dig into the numbers before I came on the podcast here, and I was wondering, what's the deal with Zach Wilson vis-a-vis without Zach Wilson? And, well, the Jets are throwing the ball a little bit more, and they're throwing it better. Uh, Zach Wilson uh, is completing... Uh, let me give you the number. 57.5% of his passes versus 658 for Joe Flacco, Josh Josh Johnson, Mike White. Here's the problem. Mike, uh, Mike White and Joe Flacco are not going to be able to play this week. Mike White tested positive for COVID. Joe Flacco uh, uh, apparently is a close contact, but he's unvaccinated. He can't play. Here is the key difference, though. The average depth of target, and I'm pulling these numbers from Sports Info Solutions, for the Jets without Zach Wilson, is 6.6 yards. With Zach Wilson, it's 8.8 yards. So Wilson is way more aggressive as a downfield thrower than were the other three quarterbacks. But I actually think, now normally you would say, oh, that's a good thing. You want your quarterback to be more aggressive. But here's the problem. On an A-dot of 8.8, Zach Wilson is averaging 6.5 yards per attempt. On an A-dot of 6.6 the other three quarterbacks are averaging 7.4 yards per attempt so zach wilson's aggressiveness is a detriment to him and he is also taking sacks basically at three times the rate that the other quarterbacks were taking so he's holding them onto the ball too long he's waiting too long for things to develop and he's trying to attack down the field i would hope that the Jets have decided we're going to reel that in a little bit. We're going to get some easy completions. We're going to put the ball in the hands of Elijah Moore, who started to come on a little bit. We're going to put the ball in the hands of Ty Johnson, who is my favorite of the running backs here, because I think Tevin Coleman's cooked, but Ty Johnson has twice as many receiving yards as rushing yards this year. We're going to get the ball in his hands in the passing game. We're going to make things easier for Zach Wilson. We don't want him just because he's got a huge arm, just because he's got a hose. Don't need him throwing the ball 37 yards down the field on every play. Those are the things that I'd like to see the Jets do. Um, The problem is, things were worse for fantasy with Zach Wilson in the lineup. The run game started to improve because Michael Carter had started to come on, but now he's out of the lineup. It's really hard for me to trust anybody here. If I'm playing a receiver, it's Elijah Moore or Corey Davis as a wide receiver three, and I am praying that Zach Wilson isn't taking all the hits that he was taking
0: earlier in the season. Joe, how about the Houston Texans? Tyrod Taylor getting in the zone.
1: Yeah, Tyrod Taylor, I think, is a viable quarterback streamer. But the problem here is, well, they cut Philip Lindsay this week. But I still don't know what they're going to do at the running back position. And the thing is, the Jets are the matchup for running backs. I mean, Miles Gaskin came out and torched them last week. But what are the Jets, What are the Texans going to do? I don't know. You know, uh, is Rex Burkhead going to be the guy? He had 18 carries last week. David Johnson had 13 carries, but he gained just 18 yards. It just feels like I'm destined to get this wrong with the Texans running back. So even in this great matchup, maybe if I'm playing a bunch of DFS lineups, I'm going to stick Burkhead in there because he's going to be cheap and it's a great matchup. But I don't know if I'd trust a season-long team with that. Um, And and here's the problem. Tyrod Taylor scores two touchdowns, but he throws for just 107 yards against the Titans. Brandon Cooks has two catches for 18 yards. I mean, even Brandon Cooks is like a a low-end wide receiver three right now. Not really much for me to say about the Houston Texans.
0: We've got the Eagles at the Giants, where the Giants have a new offensive coordinator, Joe.
1: Yeah, and and I, I think not a moment too soon. Um, the question is, does it matter in this game? Because the Giants' offensive line—I'm sure you saw the play that went viral, Ross uh, Brian Baldinger. You know, you gotta love Baldy, man. That guy just eats up offensive line play and he talks <laughs> about he talks about it like uh I, I don't like it's like it's pornography quite frankly. Uh, <laughs> um and but he highlighted it and Dan Orlovsky highlighted it where the Giants ran mesh against zone with a five man protection against a three man rush. Three receivers all ran into each other in the middle of the field and the three man rush got home against the five man protection before Daniel Jones could even hit his drop. I mean, one of the most awful plays and I don't know how the giants are going to hold up in the trenches against the Eagles in this game. That that's my concern. Um, The Eagles are playing extremely well on both sides of the ball right now. The defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, who was very much criticized early in the year for his milquetoast defense. He's starting to bring the blitz. I think he's going to blitz the heck out of uh, Daniel Jones. Um, I wonder if if Kadarius Toney and Saquon Barkley are going to be really important players in the short to intermediate area. The Eagles have been excellent against limiting outside receiver production this year. Darius Slay is playing at an all-pro level. I just don't think it's a good matchup for the Giants. I don't think it's a good matchup for Kenny Galladay. I don't think it's a good matchup for Daniel Jones. But I do wonder if Saquon Barkley and Kadarius Toney can get it going in the short to intermediate area. We'll see about Sterling Shepard as well. Um, But the Giants are all out of sorts. Their offensive line was terrible last week uh, against the Buccaneers, and I'm not sure how how much a new offensive coordinator at this stage is going to improve matters.
0: What about for the Eagles where you see Jordan Howard is likely to miss this game?
1: Yeah, Jordan Howard has been a big player for the Eagles, but Miles Sanders came back. The problem with Miles Sanders is the ball security. I mean, the only time the Saints showed life before the fourth quarter in their game last week is when Miles Sanders fumbled inside his own 10. So Miles Sanders has got to hold on to the football, but I can't imagine the Eagles are going to stop doing what they're doing with the ground game. I mean, the Saints, by DVOA, were the best run defense in the NFL heading into last week. The next two opponents for the Eagles, the Giants and the Jets, are the two worst. So what are the Eagles going to do? They're gonna run and look. The Eagles are a very simple team for me right now. Jalen Hurts is in your lineup, Ross. Um, I don't, I don't want to. I think it's fair to to victory lap this at this point because we're in week twelve. <laughs> I told you in August. I said if Jalen Hurts starts seventeen games, he's a top five quarterback. You know where he ranks right now in total fantasy points? One, number one. Now he hasn't taken his buy yet. He's uh, third or fourth in fantasy points per game, but the point remains. I mean, he's running well, and because he's running well, he's throwing the ball better. But the the, the beauty for the Eagles is they got two guys in the passing game, and you have to play them both, Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith. Miles Sanders is an RB2 right now, and the giant killer, Boston Scott, is the number two running back this week. Don't be surprised if Boston Scott gets 10 carries in this game as well.
0: Ooh, okay. We've got Carolina and Miami. I thought Cam looked pretty good. I also like overcoming the odds, rewriting the playbook, delivering under pressure. The MVPs of small business lead their teams to victory all year long. Visa is proud to provide playmakers everywhere with more tools to help grow their business and help them achieve even greater success. Because the more people we can empower, the more we all win. Visa, a network working for everyone. Who's working for us in Carolina? Joe. Sorry,
1: Ross, I was muted there for a second. Um, uh, Cam Newton, look, you're you're right. They came out and they played pretty well. They were not aggressive at all, by the way. Uh, His average depth of target was just 5.6 yards downfield. Just two of his 27 passes traveled 15 or more yards in the air, but he took care of the football. DJ Moore showed signs of life. Robbie Anderson showed signs of life in the last two weeks. And by the way, I think you can play Cam right now. I mean, I'm kicking myself for playing Justin Fields over him in the league last week. Just It cost me a win. I, I mean, I'm kicking myself for it. He's running. Um, I don't think his arm looks great, but he also doesn't know the offense. So I think he's given them a baseline level of competence that they did not have with Sam Darnold at quarterback. Um, Christian McCaffrey. Not that you're sitting this guy, but just to throw it out there for you. He's been back from IR for three games. He's led the Panthers in rushing in all three games. Okay, that's not that surprising. He's led the Panthers in receiving in all three games. Oh, you know, we're going to limit him. We're going to work in Chuba Hubbard, maybe a little Amir Abdullah. No, they're not. He played on 90% of the snaps last week. Christian McCaffrey, hammer RB1 down the stretch. And uh, if not for Jonathan Taylor, probably the RB1, Austin Eckler in there as well. But, I mean, he's somebody that you play each and every week. This is one of those narrow fantasy teams, Ross. I'm probably not trusting Robbie Anderson at this point, but McCaffrey, Cam, DJ Moore, all solid options for you.
0: What about for the Dolphins, Joe?
1: Yeah, the Dolphins, yeah, two, two has played pretty good. Um, uh, In full games this season, he's averaging 19.4 fantasy points per game. Over the full season, that would rank him as the QB 12. So he has been a borderline starter. This is a tough matchup, though. Carolina is allowing the fourth fewest schedule-adjusted fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. Um, uh, Brian Flores came out and said today – doesn't look like Devontae Parker or Will Fuller is going to go. Did you remember Will Fuller was on this team? Uh, yeah, so Cam's going to get the ball. Uh, excuse me, Tua's going to get the ball to their good players. And I'll give the Dolphins credit here over their little hot streak here. They have gotten the ball in the hands of their good players. They've really condensed the target tree to focus on Jalen Waddell and Mike Kosicki. And last week, they made Salvin Ahmed a healthy scratch in the backfield, and Miles Gaskin had both a season high 23 carries and a 74% snap share in the backfield. So those three guys, two two is a low end starter this week. I don't love the matchup for him, but those three guys: Waddle, Gasicki. Um, I like those guys. Waddle's a wide receiver three, Gasicki is a hammer tight end one, and even Gaskin, who I can't, I didn't draft at all this year. I didn't like him, but. Even Gaskin, like 74% snap share. I think he's somebody you can trust as an RB2 at this point.
0: Tennessee is at New England, Joe. Looking forward to this game. Who are you thinking from a fantasy standpoint?
1: Uh, yeah, so here's the deal. Let's go to uh, – let's start with uh, – for, for the foremost, let's go back to our guy, Iron Shots, who says, from a playoff leverage standpoint, this is the most important game of the week because – the number one seed in the AFC is at stake here. So, I mean, or I mean, at least the lead for it is. From a fantasy standpoint, this is as bad as it gets. As well as Mac Jones is playing, he's thrown just 67 passes in the last three games. His receivers are extremely touchdown dependent. Aguilar scored last week, but he has just three touchdowns on the year, and he hasn't topped 10 fantasy points in a PPR in any games in which he hasn't scored. Kendrick Bourne also has three touchdowns, but he's topped 10 fantasy points without scoring just twice. Jacoby Myers set the NFL record, Ross, for being allergic to touchdowns before breaking his scoreless streak uh, in Week 10. But he hasn't gotten the catch volume he needs to produce. After topping 10 fantasy points in a PPR without a touchdown in three of his first four games on the year, he hasn't done that since Week 4. So all these guys are touchdown dependent. Meanwhile, Hunter Henry is likely the guy you feel best about playing because of the nature of the tight end position, but he's gone over 42 receiving yards just once all season, so he needs a touchdown. And now you've got a three-man backfield, Damian Harris from Andre Stevenson and Brandon Bolden, and I don't think Bolden's going away because they trust him in pass protection. So you've got all these guys. Basically, here's the deal with the Patriots. If you play a guy from the Patriots, you hope he scores a touchdown. And to me, for my money, the two best bets to do that are Hunter Henry and Damian Harris. And and look, they're good right now. But for fantasy, it's a different story.
0: And then for the Titans, Joe?
1: Well, the Titans have uh, made a very good case that running backs matter. Um, at least very good ones and very bad ones on both ends matter. Because they replaced a very good one With a bunch of very bad ones. And they cut one of the very bad ones. Adrian Peterson just didn't have anything left. Um, Dontrell Hilliard. He comes out and he gets carries on the first drive for the Titans. He plays the Jeremy McNichols role. McNichols has a concussion, by the way. He catches passes. I wouldn't be surprised to see Dontrell Hilliard lead this backfield in touches this week. Just a little little thought there. Um, But, I mean, Ryan Tannehill potentially won't have A.J. Brown. He had hand and chest injuries last week. Um, Marcus Johnson is on IR. Julio Jones is on IR. Westbrook Akina, he made his once-monthly fantasy-relevant appearance last week. But here's the question. We talked last week, and rightfully so, would Kyle Pitts get the Bill Belichick treatment? Who gets the Bill Belichick treatment from the Titans if A.J. Brown doesn't play? I don't know. Like, I mean... Just line up and play, I guess. Uh, Here's a stat for you that tells you how rough this season has been offensively for the Titans. This is from Alan Ball of 24-7. Adrian Peterson has more touchdowns as a Titan this year than Julio Jones. Womp, womp, womp. Yeah, this is a really bad fantasy team right now if A.J. Brown can't play, Ross.
0: Well, then we'll move on, and we'll get to the Steelers at the Bengals. Ben looked pretty good Joe
1: I thought it was the best Ben has looked in a while and then their defense with no Minka Fitzpatrick no TJ Watt couldn't stop the the Chargers I think there was a I think the Steelers got statted doomed on the pregame there was a, a run of games that they hadn't given up 30 points and my buddy texted me uh, uh Ross I have a Pennsylvania group chat I'm sure you have plenty of those my buddy texted me and he's like well the Steelers are about to get blown off the field and Though they their offense had a valiant effort, their defense couldn't stop the Chargers. And, you know, as 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 strong as the Bengal offense is weapon-wise, I don't know if they have the explosiveness that Justin Herbert has with, uh, with Joe Burrow at quarterback. That being said, I mean, with the Bengals, I think you just kind of got to play your guys. I mean, obviously you're playing Jamar Chase. Obviously you're playing Joe Mixon. Um, Tyler Boyd actually led them in receiving last week, and the slot, is a place where you can attack the Steelers. Um, Keenan Allen. Now, Tyler Boyd's not Keenan Allen, but Keenan Allen went nuts on Pittsburgh last week, catching nine passes for 112 yards. So actually, I think Tyler Boyd's kind of in the mix this week if you want to use him. I don't think Pittsburgh's going to give up uh, 41 points again, especially if Fitzpatrick and and uh, Watt can play this week. But certainly, there are a few more cracks in that armor than we're used to seeing from the Steelers defense.
0: And then for the Bengals, Joe, they didn't – Crush it offensively against the Raiders, but certainly late in the year or late in the game, Joe Mixon kind of took over.
1: Yeah, Mixon, I mean, obviously, Mixon is just – look at the numbers that he put up in that game. Joe Mixon um, goes over 123 yards, scores two touchdowns. He puts up 24.3 fantasy points without even seeing a target. So he is a bell cow to the highest order right now. Um and the Steelers have one too in, in Najee Harris who obviously is in your lineup. Deontay Johnson is in your lineup. That guy's really good. Um he just gets off of coverage so easily. Chase Claypool. Man, it looked like he had Ross we talked last week like he wasn't going to play. And he comes out, he practices in full on Friday, wasn't even on the final injury report with a game day designation. He looks pretty good. And then your guy Pat Friermuth. Eric Ebron's going to have knee surgery. Friar going to run around on basically all of Ben Roethlisberger's dropbacks. He's a tight end one at this point, and Roethlisberger trusts him in the red zone.
0: Yeah, he really is. Um, Okay. Did you say everything you need to say on the Bengals, Joe?
1: I did, yeah. We were – The
0: Bengals are pretty cut and dry. Yeah, last game is a rough one. Um, (laughs) Falcons and Jags.
1: All right, so this just goes to show you – now look – the Falcons couldn't have predicted the the Calvin Ridley mental health situation, okay? They couldn't have predicted it. But it just goes to show you how bad the roster is. I mean, they've scored three points the last two weeks, and that's coincided with Cordauer Patterson being hurt. Cordauer Patterson is their most important offensive weapon right now. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying that, but it's true. Um, the one thing I will say here about this matchup now This is a better matchup against Jacksonville. There's no doubt about it. But Jacksonville is starting to get a little frisky defensively. They're starting to get some pressure. And they're starting to get pressure in creative ways. And Matt Ryan has been under siege in the pocket the last two weeks. Um, So don't be surprised if this one is a slot fest. If Patterson plays, you play him. But here's the deal. If Patterson doesn't play, I don't know who you can play uh, in this backfield. Davis and Kadri Ollison split snaps in that backfield. Mike Davis looked awful. I think they've essentially benched him. Wayne gallman has been in and out of there. Um, you can't count on any of these guys. And I think Kyle Pitts, um, he got shut down by the Patriots last week, but I don't think the Jaguars have the personnel to shut him down. You have to play Kyle Pitts, but this is awful. This is an awful fantasy game.
0: And the Jags, Joe?
1: Trevor Lawrence hasn't thrown a touchdown since week eight. He's completed just 54.6 of his throws for 5.1 yards per attempt and 146 yards per game over his last three games. And when you turn on the film, I think Trevor Lawrence looks pretty good. They have no personnel. I don't know what their offensive game plan is. Their most reliable receiver this year has been, A, a converted defensive back in Jamal Agnew, who's now on IR out for the season with a hip injury. And B, Dan Arnold, the tight end they traded their top 10 cornerback draft pick from last year for, who doesn't even get targeted last week. Unbelievable. So Dan Arnold doesn't get a target, um, which which crushed a lot of people. I will say this. With Agnew on IR, they're probably going to give more slot work to LaVisca Chenault. And Chenault averages 2.16 yards per route run and, and f- uh, .44 fantasy points per route run out of the slot Versus 1.7 yards per route run and 0.36 fantasy points per route run on the outside. He's better out of the slot. So he's probably the best receiver option here for you with Jacksonville. But I think for most fantasy players, it's James Robinson or
0: Bust. That'll do it for episode one of the show that's so nice. We do it twice. It's Thanksgiving. We got some room for dessert. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. you got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or in Indiana, one hundred nine with it by the way if what i was talking about included a deposit bonus doesn't always sometimes it does deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus